0: All right, this is InfoSec Decoded number 89 with Cypherpunks. And we're starting with Caitlin, who has weed. I do, actually. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is because this split explains
1: so much about windows. I, I, I did not understand windows until I read this article. Window. So, yes, yeah, so the MJUS, the Marijuana Movement Magazine type website, has an article written by, uh, no, I do not want marijuana in my... <laughs> in the box every day. Uh r- written by Kyle uh Jaeger. Uh, talking about how one third of programmers use marijuana while working. And they say that it makes them more creative and it makes their program so much better. And, and, and if we just smoke and get high while we program, everything will be so much better. And apparently, yeah, like a third of programmers are doing this every day on the job. And like I said, now Windows makes so much sense. <laughs> you
0: know, I'm, I'm old enough to have lived through the early days of this crap in like the 67 and 68, when they said LSD made them creative. Yes. And I wonder if they should try that.
1: I, I bet you there's a bunch of programmers. I mean, like, I know myself, like, I need my caffeine, uh, but well, I'm also a heavy sleeper. I mean, I can sleep through everything. If I'm not caffeinated, I can't get anything done. So I understand the need for a little pick-me-up or whatever. But uh, getting high while programming, <laughs> like, I know. like, of course, Windows is always changing. Like, they have to change the start button every time. <laughs> they have to change the interface and make things, like, the most convoluted well, way possible because, of course, if you're –
0: it well, I sense. would I would imagine that a huge corporation like Microsoft no longer lets you do this. It's typically a startup thing when they have alcohol in the job and this frat boy thing. And once you become a real corporation, you have to knock that off, I would think. I doubt
1: it. I, I seriously doubt they can stop people from going out in their lunch break and smoking a joint.
0: I mean, they're not gonna do it in the office unless they're working from home. Well, I, I would say once you get a serious contract with other corporations, especially with the government and the military. They'll actually expect you to have drug tests and stuff. I don't know. I think
1: I don't. I don't. I don't think the military drug tests Microsoft employees. That's, yeah, that's probably silly. not.
0: Yeah, they have yes go- people, and that would explain why the
1: software put out by the government is just kind of no nonsense, it makes yeah. sense. You know, like you go to CISA's GitHub page, it's all like here's a scanner for log for day. and it's just a scanner for log for day, nothing else. <laughs> like it just makes sense, and it works. And then I started- you have. Oh, go on.
0: When I started teaching hacking, I was really horrified how many of my students refused to get jobs I set up for them because they said, oh, no, that's a government job. I'd have to quit smoking pot. And that was a deal breaker for them. Yes. A lot of my students. And I'm thinking, dude, it's not that important. Is it really that important? They said, yes, it's really that important. <laughs> I, I, a lot of people just love their weed. They um, really do. Uh, yes.
1: I, I don't get it. I've, I've never smoked myself. So that would explain why I don't get it. but. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, there you go. Windows in a nutshell.
0: Well, I guess so. All right.
1: <laughs> if you're like, "Why were they high when they programmed this? The
0: answer is yes. Probably. <laughs> probably so. I've often <laughs> had that feeling, actually. Yes. All right. And so Urban's got a mouse.
2: A mouse that will also have storage. Like
0: can Why? actually see. Why would you want to store anything in a mouse?
2: Because it's more uh, portable.
0: So you have, instead of carrying around a USB thumb drive, you have a thumb drive built into your mouse. Is it somehow useful? Does it make gameplay better or something? That's the point of it, is so that you bring your games with you. Oh, your game is, your whole game is in the mouse. Well, okay, I guess.
1: I mean, it reminds me of the old systems where they had the keyboard and the computer built into it, the same unit, like the Commodore 64.
2: Or the so, Raspberry Pi 400.
1: Or the Raspberry Pi, which was, again, based on those old computers. Uh, but, I mean, you could totally do that with a mouse. Just take your mouse with you. Now you have your Steam library. You know, you can also get HDMI output from your mouse. I mean, go for it. I mean, yeah, I
0: guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, I saw this thing a while ago, and I didn't, get, I didn't realize it. There was a cosmic explosion, a record-breaking cosmic explosion But other people say it was just a Russian abandoned um, rocket tube sailing by reflecting stuff. And this is an issue I hadn't thought of. It's getting harder to do astronomy because of all the junk floating around, though the junk is going to flow through and you're not going to know whether that star flickered or that was junk. (laughs) So uh, they're still arguing about whether it was junk or not, or an extraordinarily bright burst of X-ray light for no apparent reason, which would be exciting if it isn't just a piece of junk reflecting stuff. That's a problem. And uh, All right, let's go back to Caitlin, who has the web. The web.
1: The web is here. So James Webb. Uh, So the last time we had our podcast, that was on James Webb launch Eve. And I'm happy to announce, according to Science Daily, that the, the launch was a success. Uh, over at 7.20 uh, a.m. Uh, U- Universal Standard Time, uh, there was a launch uh, of the Ariane 5 rocket from French uh, Guiana, uh, I probably mispronounced that, uh, over in South America. It was great because they did the countdown in French like uh, Three, two, you know, and and they counted down in French. It It was great. Anyway, so it launched, it launched, everything went fine. Um, The, there hasn't been any technical issue. The 300 plus points of failure have not failed. So that's excellent. I noticed today that the Deep Space Network is trained on JST, uh, the James, uh, yeah, uh, the James Webb uh, Telescope, JWT. Uh, So they're starting to get deep, deep space, uh, the DSN Uh, transmissions from that, as well as as, uh, amateurs uh, have been getting uh, telemetry from the James Webb Telescope 2 in, I think, around 2.2 gigahertz is its transmitting frequency. Uh, It's just telemetry data, so it's just, you know, floating point numbers and stuff like that. But everything is going well. It is on its way out to the L2 Lagrange point, which is about uh, um, over like a million kilometers away from, from Earth. It's behind the moon. So it's further away than the moon. It's going to sit there and then start
0: taking pictures for the next decade or so in in infrared. So everything is great. Well, I was reading about it. And they said they deployed the um, solar panels and they worked, but they haven't deployed the shield yet, which is the big thing that might fail. Right. And also they said, which I was surprised at, they said they did the first two of three course correction burns. And they said one thing about it is it cannot flip around to slow down because that would expose the cold part to the sun. So it can only go faster and faster. So apparently Lagrange point is going to catch it, even though it's zooming in fast and it will like that, like catch it like a glove. Pretty much. Yep. That's pretty awesome. I've never heard of that where you're like rocketing somewhere and you don't bother to slow down. Well, I mean, it's,
1: it, it is in orbit around earth. So when it gets to the Lagrange point, it's
0: kind of going to be slowing down on its own. But it's rocketing, it's speeding up, and it's going to have to keep all that momentum, I guess. Um, I mean, it is, It's but it's going to fall back
1: so I guess to around the wobble. sun,
0: essentially. It's going to wobble around the Lagrange point. Yep. It's not, well, that's all right. I'm sure they know what they're doing, but that seems a little screwy to me. Okay.
1: Oh, the, the problem is that with Lagrange points, you're talking about um, uh, and uh, N and objects. Gravity. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a specific term I'm forgetting oh, it right now. I you know. Yeah, I know the n-body problem. I know the end body problem. End body problem yeah. Uh, so you're not just talking about like when you do orbits with like one or two bodies. Well, you, know, you need at least two bodies. You know, it's very simple. You get an, an ellipse. When yeah. you start talking about the moon and the sun and, and the earth yeah orbit orbits get very quirky very yeah. <laughs> very quickly and that's where the uh lagrange points come in so
0: well, sure what's surprising to me is that it's not going to be holding still for taking pictures it's going to be wobbling around and i guess they don't care well it's going to be wobbling around a little bit yeah
1: i mean but keep in mind it's it's wobble is so small on the grand scale of the universe that's yes technically it's moving i mean not only is it wobbling it's orbiting the sun it yeah. is or it is well it's not orbiting earth but it's orbiting the sun and the sun is you know orbiting the milky way galaxy at thousands okay. and thousands of kilometers per second you know at just ridiculous speeds all that does not matter in the grand scale of the universe where it's looking out at the you know furthest reaches
0: of the observable universe which okay as long as it's not wobbling an angle and would- it
1: has it has reaction wheels
0: okay good Yeah, or something okay right right so
1: it's not going to be spinning
0: that's good because that would be bad
1: that would yeah spinning would be bad okay it has it has thrusters and reaction and it's actually going to have to burn its fuel to keep its rotation in check over time uh so it does have a limited lifespan so it is only going to be like a 10-year mission you know like the enterprise was five years you know james webb is going to be like 10 years and then it'll just run out of fuel and we'll have a nice little
0: monument out in the l2 lagrange point well, and in general, NASA missions seem to live like three or four times their expected lifetime, typically. Typically, yeah. Except that in, in this case,
1: though, I mean, they will try to extend it as long as possible, but there is a finite lifespan. Like you can't put more fuel in there after after it's done.
0: All right. All right. And and Linux has got. I mean, Irvin has got Linux security.
2: Um. Yes. <clears throat> people are once again saying that Linux is uh, everywhere. I think this the running gag now is, Lin- this is the year of the Linux desktop.
0: Well, Linux is kind of everywhere, they're right. Yeah. And Linux it is the year of the Linux desktop.
1: I mean, 2022 is when the Linux is going to pretty much take over the desktop because Windows 11
0: was such a failure, so.
2: <laughs> well. Mm, we'll see. We'll Unix see. Unix has we'll
0: taken it. over pretty much everything. Not so much Linux, but Unix, but anyway.
2: Yeah, you know, what I, What I have been hearing is for 2022, the trend is to go cloud native.
0: Right. Stop where having
2: having data centers and going complete cloud. And in that sense, Linux would be the winner because that's what you use in the cloud.
0: So you mean like a virtual desktop in Azure or something?
2: No, I mean, well, yes, yes, yes. Things like that. Yeah, like you. I highly
0: recommended for security for quite a while. I mean, then your then your data is not really on your device, which is a whole lot better,
2: right? And then you don't have to manage any of the hardware anymore,
0: right? Especially with everybody working at home on God knows what piece of infected crap, you know.
2: Well, yeah, and and all the maintenance that comes with keeping up a data center locally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's the point of this? They're they're just saying everyone's going to have to learn how to secure Linux or what?
2: Yeah, because because we're if we're going cloud native, mm-hmm. then you need to really understand Linux and be able to secure it, because all mm-hmm. your stuff is going to be on it, and you won't you won't physically be able
0: to run and pull the cable anymore. Uh, and they're thinking about Log4j, of course. Okay, like Heartbleed, it revealed the fact that Linux is not so secure. Right. Right. Yeah, and I remember they talked about making the software build of materials here, too, which is certainly a good issue.
2: Yeah. Hey, I, on a side note, I
0: did hear that Rust is the sec- number two language now? Yeah, Rust is now pr- sort of approved, uh, sort of provisionally approved, but not for all of Linux. They're just going to start writing like drivers in it, but they're, they're, Rust is now sort of approved along with C as the appropriate language to write Linux in. So that's a step forward. Cool. Yeah. I heard on the San Francisco Radio Club last night, one of the guys is got a project of coding stuff in rust. So that's interesting. Anyway. um, All right. And so here's the one I used for a title that was kind of hilarious, Cypherpunks. So NFTs, that you put these images up and then sell them and people can just take other people's images. So that's what these guys did. They took a bunch of security luminaries and cryptography luminaries and called them the cypherpunks and took like pictures you can find on Google of these people and made a group of like 20 of them and tried to put it for sale for like 4,000 bucks. And then a bunch of the people complained and said, I didn't authorize this. I don't want you selling my picture, especially not next to that other rotten guy who is no good. Credit. And it's interesting to me because then they tried to quit it and they took it down, but somebody else put it up again. And then somebody bought some of them. And they said, once you bought it, it's on the blockchain. We can't take it back. And also, I don't think they're under any legal obligation to take it down. I think if there's like a picture of you and somebody makes like a derivative of that, is that really a crime? Do you really have copyright of every picture of you you find in Google? I think if this went to court, I'm not sure the complainers should really have a an edge. Anyway, um, it does show one of the many problems with NFTs is people keep taking other people's art and putting it up as NFTs. And they the process of putting it up does not include like uh, getting some kind of notarized document certifying that you're the original author or anything. Nobody bothers with that. So it's all sort of a form of piracy. Anyway, people are getting all bent out of shape about the cypherpunks. And uh, I mentioned this next one too while I'm here. Up, several people have been reporting that their LastPass master password has been stolen. They're getting emails from LastPass saying somebody in a foreign country tried to log in with your authentic password. And is that OK? And, and so they're trying to figure out where it came from. So they're all coming from the same IP address. And it's a company that has previously run phishing pages. So what they're thinking is these people all got fished somehow. Other people thought there might have been some breach at LastPass or they somehow reused a password. But anyway, people are trying to figure it out. A large number of people have joined this, uh, this Y Combinator um, Hacker News Forum to say it happened to them too. It didn't happen to me. I'm using LastPass. But anyway, there, no one's gotten to the bottom of it yet. But it looks like they must have fallen for some kind of phishing attack. I will, I will plug Bitwarden since it's an open source yeah.
1: alternative to LastPass, and it's really good. So. Yeah,
0: good. I've heard that. I also vouch for Bitwarden. Yeah, well, maybe I'll move over. but As long as LastPass is still working, I'm not motivated. But um, all right, then Caitlin has got MUDB, which I tried to understand. What right. is the point of this thing? Right.
1: So the, I, I thought, Sam, this would be right up your alley, which is why I linked to it. Yeah. You've been saying for a while now that the blockchain is really good as a database, right? Like you want to throw up, like if you're doing banking and you want to make sure that all the transactions are recorded and you can't go back and you can't delete them. Right. You That's you would want like something like a blockchain. Right. And this is exact this is like the first, I think, logical. Tangible, useful application of the blockchain that is not have anything to do with grifting that I've ever seen. This is called Immudb. They're yeah. on version 1.21. So it's trying to get a little bit mature and they started adding like GDPR stuff into it and you can start using it in your businesses and stuff. Um, I, I think version 1.0, ca- 1.0 came out like almost six months ago. So I mean, it's being actively developed. And the whole idea is that it's an immutable database. So you can add stuff to it and it will do all the stuff you, you regularly see on the blockchain. So it will you know, do the crypto hashing and all that stuff. Um, and if any of the records change, you will know it. It won't allow records to be changed. It's great for if you're like a bank or something. This is a, basically, a, a, like I said, the, the, the first useful application of the blockchain. Like if you have a business and you need records and you cannot have those records change over time. Yeah. You can use this thing called Immutable uh, DB, and supposedly it's also backwards compatible with other databases. So if you like want to also have like a, a Postgres uh, backend or or a Maria DB backend, it'll like work with those as well to create the immutable database. Uh, and I mean, this is fantastic. If you're in like one of those businesses, like like I said, where you really need to keep records and you don't and you want to ensure that those records are not altered in any way over time, like you're a bank or you are doing financial uh, records for the government or something like that.
0: Yeah, This is, this is your product. Even security logs really yeah. should be immutable.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you start keeping your logs in a database, yeah, in MUDB, I mean, there's so many wonderful, this is just a, a, a new, novel, new type of database with a ton of applications that, you know, you really might think like, is this something that my business, my enterprise, my organization can benefit from? And as you said, yeah, logs would be a great thing to put in here because they cannot be altered later on.
0: Yeah, okay. Just the thing that surprised me is I don't think it's new. It's nothing more than a proof of authority blockchain. Without-
1: it, is, it is. It is blocked. It, like I said, it is the blockchain, but it is, um, it, it is in a format that's actually useful and not a grift. Okay, fair
0: enough. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, sorry, I'm- sorry, NFT people.
0: <laughs> oh well. Yeah, I mean, I... The,
1: the, the, this is, this is what the, so all the, all the blockchain people, if you take away the grift, MUDB is, is everything they promised <laughs> from the blockchain.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I think it is. Yeah. It's just a, it's a non-distributed blockchain, which is what yes. you call proof of authority. Yes, exactly. It's not a bad so, thing. All right. It is fantastic. And it's, this is, uh, you know, take away the grift, take
1: away, you know, prefer, uh, Victor chaos, if, if anyone knows what I'm talking about there. Don't know Victor and, for... and this is what you get. You get MUDB. Ah. Oh, oh, Irvin knows who I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, I finally saw those episodes. <laughs> okay, it's Victor Chaos. Hey, it's Victor Chaos.
1: Victor, Victor, K. so um, it's a Paramount put out a, and I don't, I don't want to do too much plugging of stuff. I'm not being paid to plug, but um, Paramount Plus put out some South Park movies. Oh, uh, and um, it's about the future. like post-COVID, and one of the characters named Butters. Uh, was apparently grounded for 16 years and then became crazy and obsessed with NFTs and changed his name to Victor Chaos.
0: Well, that's good.
1: Yes. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, just the the blockchain was a huge grift for him. And, you know, he he just showed chaos wherever he went trying to sell people NFTs. It's fantastic.
0: That sounds very appropriate. (laughs) All right. And let's see, then Irvin has got uh, toolkits. Um, oh, the, well, this article isn't as
2: in depth as we normally like with this kind of stuff. This is one of this can be better framed as: Hey, people, uh, don't just because you have twofa doesn't mean everything's safe. Still, keep an eye out on what you're doing because what if you're the site that is trying to use your TUFA isn't really the one? Just
0: like uh, just like any fake site. Well, so the issue is. Now, people say SMS is not very safe because these kits can get in. Can these kits get in if I'm authenticated with, like, Google Authenticator?
2: Well, that, that's what the toolkits are trying to mimic, so that so that they uh, can't trick.
0: So it tricks you. It puts up a fake login, so you give your code to the third party by accident. Right. 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 That's a pretty good trick.
2: It's a pretty good trick.
0: So isn't that what HTTPS is supposed to prevent? Why doesn't it?
2: because it's
0: getting figured out hmm all right Hmm. evil gen x all right all right and uh all right then i've got uh right. the 3d printed home uh which is pretty great they printed it in like just a couple hours and all they did was um all they did was print concrete about one inch deep around in what looks like a spiral. And you can see it in the structure of the walls, but this is Habitat for Humanity. Um, they can now print a home with the cement and you have a concrete home, which apparently is desirable, good thermal properties and stuff. So, so that's pretty cool. And they said she also gets with the house another 3D printer to print other things you might want like electrical outlets and stuff. So, So that's cute. Wait, made of complete concrete? Yep, the walls are right. concrete.
1: Right, so so the way it works is that instead of, of extruding plastic, it extrudes uh, wet concrete, which then they layer it on each other. And it's actually a very slow process. You know, it just goes around layer by layer. But it's like, it's almost like, have you ever seen one of those, one of, ugh, bakers, when they put icing on the cake, they use those bags. Yeah, little yeah, yeah, funnel yeah. at the end. It's like that, except that it's like robotically controlled and it just squirts concrete around in
0: spirals and it makes the walls of the building. Um, and you can see that the wall is not quite even. It's sort of like layers of bricks. You yeah. can see ridges where the concrete went by, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, it it, it is FDM style printing, uh, just with concrete and
0: yeah, and it works. Sure, seems like a good idea. And uh, the other thing I thought was Amazing is for-profit colleges would come back. See, under Obama, they pretty much got rid of for-profit colleges because they were all grifts, and a bunch of them got shut down because they mostly promised students you're going to make a job and get a pile of money, and then they give you really expensive training that puts you in debt, and then you don't get a job, and so they forced them to they shoot a bunch of them and shut them down. But then Trump got in, and Trump, of course, one of his big grifts was running a fake university, and he put in Betsy DeVos, who was a huge fan of these things, so they all came back. And like so many other things, the Biden administration has not reversed this. They have let the for profit colleges continue to run and uh, they're doing all the grifting again. So, uh, I, am goes.
2: A, I am a student of that thing that you described.
0: You were a student of one of these things? Yep. Well, tell us about it. Which one was it?
2: Mount Sierra.
0: Mount Sierra. And what was it like expensive? What What happened?
2: Yeah. So, it first started. Actually, it started with good intentions. There was a bunch of ex-Devry teachers who hated the way Devry did things, and they made their own college instead. Mm -hmm. But then they all left and sold it to some Chinese guy who then was like, all right, it's all about profits. So it went from being really good to a teacher would get paid uh, one class, but actually teach two classes in the same block and the teachers didn't care anymore because it, it was all, they were getting paid nothing and, and the classes were useless. There was one Linux class that I had to take where the teacher just gave everybody a bunch of, uh, a packet of paper. Like if it was kindergarten or first grade, you had to do the whole packet and show that you did it at the end. And it was, it was simple things like making a folder or setting permissions. So I, I remember I had to get through it to finish my degree so, what I did, I would just flip to the end of the packet and just remake that. And the teacher just not even looked at it for two seconds said, Okay, you're done. I was like, yeah, this is a total absolute waste. Uh, the college, I got my degree the two semesters before the place shut down for good. But yeah, I still have that debt.
0: Yeah, this is what I've heard. They're mostly just scams. Where you get low yeah. quality instruction and you can't really get a job at the credentials. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to a community college, at least it would be cheap. Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. I'm glad that I have my certs and I have my experience. So I'm not solely reliant. Yeah. On that degree. Yep. Yeah, that that sucked.
0: Yeah. The worst thing is people end up with a huge burden of debt from these things.
2: That's what I have. Oh,
0: that's no good.
2: Nope, not good.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this one. Either. Well, no,
1: we okay. we have three. We have three stories from Liz, and we well, can go through it. them I because you want to talk about them. I figured. Yeah, it's... I'll 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 talk about them really quickly. Okay, go ahead then. So Liz, Liz submitted three stories, and I think they're pretty good. So I kind of yeah. want to go over them really quickly. Actually, they are so pretty what... good. Yeah. Yes. One I wanted to do too. I go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, which one? What where, was the one you wanted to do? Oh, go ahead. you start Just okay. start them. Okay, so The Register has an article written by Simon Sherwood uh, talking about how someone basically was using a Bluetooth COVID test, and apparently it uploads the results to the internet, which, of course, can be spoofed and read and faked and stuff like that. Well,
0: it has to go through... already sounded like bad news. It can't go from Bluetooth straight to the internet, though. It has to go through your phone or something, right?
1: Right, right. And so... um, Yeah, like I said, this isn't my article, so this is. But apparently, you can you can intercept the traffic, make it report whatever you want, fake the tests. You know, good times.
0: So it did not use HTTPS on the Bluetooth, I guess.
1: Well, um, so let me read the article. So the as F Secure probed the device uh, and its companion app, its researchers spotted an unexported activity called com at loom something slash uh, uh, activity, Bluetooth debug activity, users with root level access to an Android machine can launch that activity to help interact and analyze over Bluetooth.
0: Right, so it's an API flaw essentially. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, over Bluetooth uh, at that. Yep,
1: yeah, and then it, it they shared their work on GitHub. All right, so yes, so that, that, was, was, that was no good. Uh, the BBC has an article talking about how Alexa told a 10 year old girl to put a penny in a plug socket. So so this I read read myself. Uh, So this isn't, who wrote this article? BBC, doesn't have a name attached to it. It was written by the BBC. So the BBC has an article talking about how a, a 10 year old girl asked Alexa for a challenge. And Alexa went on the internet and said, okay, little girl, here's what you should do. You should plug something halfway into a socket, grab a penny, and then touch the exposed metal. With the penny and of course the mother was around and said this is dangerous for some reason i don't know why you know parents they're just super cautious with their kids you know and and so the little girl didn't get to learn all about electricity
0: (laughs) well i thought it was great because i looked at the page it came from and i see what happened the page parents you should watch out for this dangerous challenge that goes like this
1: Right, right, exactly. So basically what happened is that Alexa didn't really understand context. AIs rarely do understand context. It saw the and, word
0: challenge, and then it saw some stuff, and it said, okay.
1: Right, right. It just put challenge and and everything together and said, okay, here's a page about a challenge. Um, now that now Alexa did not understand this is warning people about this challenge yeah. and said, no, you should totally do this challenge because this is what the web says is a challenge that people are doing.
0: I mean, how do you question the web?
1: I remember no, how do you how do you question our, our AI overlords yeah.
0: I remember a few weeks ago the same thing happened with Google somebody went on Google and said what should I do when somebody is having a seizure and it said you should tie them up and, and hold them down and ram things down their throat and stuff because they found a page that said whatever you do don't do these things
1: exactly um, yeah so this is this has been an, an issue with AI they just don't understand context they don't understand that they are machines living in a you know human world or anything like that. They just kind of are able to, they're like insects. They go around, they they know how to find things and, and bring them forth and do what they're told generally, but they make mistakes. They don't understand that they're making mistakes. So
2: hey did you see that video of a kid going up to an Alexa asking if do reindeers fly? And the and Alexa straight up says no. So then the, the kid turns to their dad who jumps out of his seat and goes, so then Santa's not real.
0: What did Alexa say to that?
2: Alexa didn't say anything Uh, other than just uttering, no, reindeers can't fly.
0: And then the the son and the kid have a, a big old fight over, well, Santa's not real now. Well, you know, my father explained to me why my parents never told me Santa Claus was real. Because when he was a kid, this which was, you know, centuries ago, this was so common that everybody would conspire to tell kids that stuff was true. And he read Jules Verne, and they told him it was true. And so he felt very, very betrayed when he found out it wasn't. He said, I'm not going to lie to my kid and tell him garbage like Santa Claus. And I'm surprised people are still doing that. It just seems like a terrible idea to me to lie to kids about things. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's,
1: I I mean, with Santa, there's always kind of a wink, wink, not, not, and kids kind of pick up on that usually uh, sometimes usually, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and, but uh, yeah, no, don't lie to kids.
0: That's, no, I, I remember it being sort of an issue where the older kids would know it was fake and the younger kids would not know it's fake. And it was like a, uh, I don't know, this seems like it's just going to destroy your trust in your parents.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in general, I agree. Yeah, don't lie to your kids, people. If they have a question, be truthful with them
0: or just tell them, you know, we'll explain it to them when they're older or something, you know, but don't lie. Don't make i remember hearing up. that a lot and finding that very frustrating. You'll understand when you get older. Anyway.
2: Just, Sam, just tell them the birds aren't real.
0: Well, that's a different point. I mean, now there. It is. <laughs> now that's important information. All right, and then we've got tweeting without a computer. Yes, finally, finally, now we
1: can thing. we can tweet directly
0: from our thoughts. <laughs> that's what yes. we always wanted. This that's what we need. <laughs> we need tweets to be even less considered. Everything you think should just go right out, like Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, exactly. Finally, we're we're here. This is the pinnacle of technology.
1: The pinnacle of of the web. So The Independent has an article written by Anthony uh, Cutherson uh, talking about how this uh, person had a direct thought tweet. So he had some implants to his brain and apparently he has like ALS. Uh, so this was more of a, um, this was not like a experimental, like, oh, I'm gonna treat my, from my brain. This is more of a, uh, uh, a accessibility. A prosthetic, yeah. A prosthetic, a prosthetic or accessibility yeah. um, experiment. And, So this person tested this prosthetic, was able to then send out tweets directly with his thoughts, um, which brings up a whole new world of, you know, having our our brains and our thoughts transmitted to the whole world, which is just a fantastic and lovely idea to think about.
0: But actually it is a huge step forward because the ALS people are so paralyzed, they can't even talk. And they used to have them spelling out words one letter at a time by looking at a flashing screen. So in fact, being able to send a text message is pretty much the goal in ALS patients. Right, exactly. So, yeah, um, no, th- this is this is really good
1: technology, and I'm I'm glad to see it see it happening. It's just a uh, a wonderful framing of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of it. So
0: yeah, I've been waiting for the Google chip for years. Uh, Sergey Brin said he's going to make a Google chip that goes right in your brain, and I said that would be awesome. Yes. I'm going to the front of the line, but it hasn't no. happened. yet.
1: Now, if only they can make prosthetic lasers that you can attach to your forehead. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome.
0: <laughs> the, the sky's the limit. Yes. But none of that's really happened. This is the closest being able to tweet from your brain. And that's not really doing it for me. Now, if, I mean, just turning my head into a weapons platform. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. Then you're into Japanese animation stuff. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. Those are good ones not to be skipped. All right. Well, then I think we're done, and we will be back on Friday. Oh, this this apologizes. I just saw she was in
1: the, she's in, the, uh, in our chat. She's, she she yeah. says she
0: had stuff to do. All right. Okay. And so we'll be back April on Friday's Friday
1: New Year's Eve.
0: Well, I'll be here anyway because I couldn't care less about any of that. But some of the rest of you might actually have a life or something. No, we're all gonna be here. This is <laughs> so anytime
1: there's Yourself. a holiday. Anytime there's a holiday, this is this is when we have to have to meet. We have to do a podcast on every holiday.
0: Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, like I say, I'm not sure how many people will be here, but I certainly have no life, so I'll be here.
1: And we can we can do it at five a.m.
0: Yeah, was... y'all can do it at
2: five a.m. because I have a very important meeting at five a.m. No, you don't. Yes, I do.
1: No, you don't.
0: Yes, I do. My, Your man, bed doesn't
1: it, count as a meeting. Uh, oh, it totally does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> white well, anyway, folks uh, i guess we will see you before then but happy new year happy new year